This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are back for another edition of the Primetime Podcast right here on Most Valuable Podcast, your one-stop shop for college football and college basketball news and analysis. Just a good time. We love talking football, love talking college basketball. As We're now starting, Brandon, to transition a little bit into that time of the year with football ending the eighth is will be our last football game. It's sad to see that that will be our last football game. We'll have to wait all the way until August until we get football again here on the podcast consistently like we have done all year. But we got a jam-packed show for you guys. Before I get into what we're talking about, got to do the housekeepings like I do every week. Number one, patreon.com backslash most available podcast. If you're a returning viewer, if you're new, you like what we're doing here. Toss us a few bucks. Let, like, help us keep the lights on. But if you can't, that's okay. All that's down below in the description. $1, you get an exclusive Patreon podcast bonus content than what you get for free right now. $2, you get the video. And at $10, you get to join Jake Patrick. You get to join, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, Christian. I got it. See, I didn't forget you, Christian. Christian, Patrick, Jake, you get to join them and be on the podcast. Patrick was on the podcast. We talked baseball, which was interesting to the show, but we actually got fun. to have a new perspective, new topic. So we get to talk about what you guys want to. And then also, if you're on iTunes, please give us that five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it. And then do the same for the Onside Kick, the Primetime Podcast. That's what we're on now, the Fast Break, the Rick and Johnny. And then lastly, I forgot, T-shirts. We're selling those, 22 bucks. That's all down below in the description. Housekeeping over. I got through it. That was really messy this week. It was messy. I will be on it. I'll, I'll be better. I'll be better next week for you guys. You almost said to go and keep and clean up the housekeeping. Yeah, we got to we got to do some house cleaning on the housekeeping. But Brandon, <laughs> what we got today is we got a full draft podcast for everyone this week. We're talking two NFL draft podcast topics. We're talking one NBA podcast topics. Then we're gonna make our picks for this week. In the week of bowls, because bowl mania, bowl season, whatever you want to call it, is upon us. But what we're going to talk about first, NFL draft. And what we're looking at is we've already had six bowls come and go. But we have more coming up. More guys that are going to be in the NFL draft. And what I want to do to start the podcast is I just want to focus on which prospects, because it's always a tricky thing of some guys sit out, some guys want to play in the bowl game. But I want to just talk about regardless of will they sit, will they play, just if they do play, who needs a strong bowl performance in their bowl game? The number one guy I have at the top of my list is Josh Allen, quarterback from from Wyoming. And the reason I say that is because, to me, he's the lost quarterback Mm -hmm. right now. He's the lost quarterback in this group of of really good quarterbacks and a lot of quarterbacks coming out um, for the 2018 NFL draft. He had a very bad season. It wasn't good. He struggled. He wasn't what he was before. His name didn't come up a lot. I mean, how many times outside of one time and really one game that he played poorly against Iowa did we really talk about him on this show? We didn't. Mm -hmm. And I think that for him to kind of leave as one of the last games to play in college, to leave 
a better taste in people's mouths and, and, and a better memory of, of him within this last season. He needs a really good bowl game, at least in, in my opinion. And, you know, someone will take him in the NFL draft, and, mm-hmm. and, and he'll be good. He'll be good. But I don't see him as being in the elite part of this quarterback class. This year, if he would have played well, if he would have, I think, done what people expected him to do, maybe we could be talking about him in that elite class, but he didn't. He fell off, some injuries. He wasn't good. So if he can have a good bowl game, I think that could help people to be like, okay, that's the Josh Allen we know, and that's hopefully the Josh Allen that we'll see moving forward. The thing when it comes to Josh Allen, the first thing I thought of was – the And I don't want to make this as an excuse for this season, but I want to put a little bit, like a tiny little asterisk, maybe like a this small asterisk next to Josh Allen's name because the one thing with Wyoming this year, and everyone will say it, is they lost so much talent this year. They're not the same team that they were last year. However, you're sitting there going, Ricky, every team is different than they were last year. But I really think that that, as little as it may be, played into effect here. It's easier to kind of overcome your shortcomings because everyone's got them. It's easier to overcome those when the wide receivers that you're throwing to, the guys that you're playing with, are better caliber last year than they were this year. But the bigger thing I think that played into this season is his shoulder injury, and that plays into this bowl game. Do you go ahead and play in the Idaho Potato Bowl and re like I Everyone's going to say it. Yeah, you know, right now you might feel 90% recovered, 90% healthy, but there's always that chance of re-injury. Hell, we were even talking about it this week when we're saying, should the Packers start Aaron Rodgers from his collarbone? There's always that people are going to say, you know what, just sit it out. You're already projected to be maybe a top 10 pick in the draft. Go ahead, get your money. Don't even chance getting re-injured in this game. And that's a question that, was proposed, I can't remember if it was Dan Patrick or Rich Eisen about Josh Allen. And they're like, if you're, they were talking about Josh Allen's father, and they said, if you're Josh Allen's father, are you sitting there telling him to, hey, I know you want to play in this game, but I don't think you should. I don't think you should. You should think about the future, think about your draft stock, and sit out this game. Or are you telling him, you know what, go ahead and play the game. If you want to play it, Go ahead and play it. I'm conflicted on that because there's a little part of me that's like really the like really the Idaho Potato Bowl doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. No, but I do understand if you're a player on that team, you want to finish it out with your guys. You don't want your guys that you've played with all season to see you as a, I'm thinking for myself or as a quitter that you're a team guy and you want NFL teams to see you as a team guy and putting the team first over yourself. The main part of me is if in that question, if I was Josh Allen's father, I would say, do what you want. If you want to sit out, sit out. If you want to play, go ahead and play because that's the type of parent I would be. If it's a choice like that, do what you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not me. It's you. If you want to play, go ahead and play. If you don't, then sit out. It's completely up to him. I mean, it's completely up to Josh Allen. If it's something that he feels like he needs to do to try and prove one last time mm-hmm. to to people, to fans, to scouts, to teams that he's that he's got it and that he is, you know, a a guy who should be a top 10, 15 pick. Mm-hmm. 
then he does it. But if he feels like he's done enough and his track fe- his 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 track record has spoken enough for him, yeah. outside of this past season, then maybe it's something where you worry about getting fully one hundred percent healthy. Mm-hmm. You sit it out, and then you see what what transpires from there in the combine and such. Because the combine, as much as a bowl game is important, mm-hmm. a combine is more important. Well, that's where the doctors are going to look at you. What was it? I think it was what was it? Shane Ray was he the one that had the? It was either I'm blanking on it. it's either Shane Ray who went to the Broncos, I believe, or. The linebacker that I blanking on his name that went to the Falcons, where it was like a shoulder injury, and everyone thought, "Oh, he's fine." Combine happens, doctors look at you, boom, he falls, and he's end of the first round. I think it was Shane Ray going to the Broncos um, that year, where it was like doctors looked at you, "Hey, that injury isn't what we thought it was. Here's what the report is, and that's what it could do." I'm actually going to throw out two guys, and the reason why I'm throwing out two is one is kind of like a minor one I just want to mention, kind of on the same vein as Josh Allen. The second one is the true one that I was going to bring up. They're both quarterbacks. The first one's Luke Falk. He's a guy, beginning of the year, much like Josh Allen. Like Josh Allen, we were talking, there's three quarterbacks you want. You want Darnold, you want Rosen, you want Allen. Take your pick. We were even talking about can Josh Allen play himself up into number one pick territory. Luke Falk was always that guy where it's like he's he's there in my top five. Senior leader, good for the team. And I know I was reading something today where he said that this year he was just trying to force he felt like he was trying to force the ball too much. And that was one of his big problems this year. But he's someone that going up against a Michigan State team in the holiday ball could help his draft stock a little. I'm not saying get to the first round or anything. But he could help himself get to a position where it's like, okay, after Mason Rudolph, after Lamar Jackson, we can take this guy in the third. Like, he can play himself up to be a third-round guy, fourth-round, even maybe a late second-round guy. The guy I really wanted to bring up, though, was he's the elephant in the room, playing for maybe a national championship. It's got to be Baker Mayfield. He's the showcase of this like, he has to be the showcase of this topic, right? No. Going up against a top four defense in Georgia, see what you can do there, and then have the potential to go up against a powerhouse in Alabama or the defending champion in Clemson. Like, two, he could have two chances to show draft scouts, hey, you know what, those, those personal, like, off-the-field, like, sidelined issues— yeah, we don't have to worry about those. We saw enough this year and in those two games. Uh, you see, I, I would disagree a little bit there. I don't think that Baker Mayfield is the is the top guy that I'd be looking at mm-hmm. because I think we've seen what Baker Mayfield's going to bring to you. He's done it throughout this entire season. He's done it for the last couple of seasons now. I mean, we we he he hasn't been a guy that's fallen off and then come back and mm-hmm. then fallen off and he's been injured and he's done this. No, no, that that really hasn't that really hasn't been him. It was you know he had obviously his story to get. To, yeah. to college football and to be a legitimate starter in college football, but he's far removed from that. Mm-hmm. And and obviously this year's Heisman Award winner, which I think is very well-deserved for him, and then the other two guys, Lamar Jackson and Bryce Love being there as well, I think very well-deserved for both of them to be there too. But I, I don't think that 
that Baker Mayfield is the one that I'd be, oh, we, we need to take a look at Baker Mayfield. I, I wouldn't be doing that. My, my final one, and you're going to, no, I shouldn't say my final one, but the quarterback that I'd be looking at outside of Josh mm-hmm. Allen is one more time Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Well, he's going to have a big and, one against and, Mississippi State. And the reason that you say that is because you get one final look at him mm-hmm. before it's done with college and on to the NFL, NFL Combine, and things like that. And yeah. you want to be able to take one last look to see things in game action mm-hmm. that you go, okay, this is what we really, really like. This is where we feel he could improve. You know, all that kind of stuff from a guy that teams may be questioning right now. They may be questioning because he's not going to be one of those guys in the top 10 picks, mm-hmm. but he's also one of those guys where you don't see him going, you know, past round two. So again, Lamar Jackson, he's 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 one of those again unique talents that you know you're going to be able to get a whole lot out of him, but you want to see and be sure, especially for some of the teams that could be going after him. Is this the guy that we want? Is 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 he coming with all the skills that we we believe mm-hmm. that an NFL starting quarterback will be able to have? It's the same. It's the same things that we've discussed every other time when we've talked about Lamar Jackson here in these last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But I really do think that if you're talking quarterbacks outside of Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson is the one that I'm looking at most of all. Well, and here's one of the things that could be a flip side, and this goes for any prospect to where. Yeah, we're we're trying to look at the positive. Like, hey, who, who could use that bowl game to up their draft stock? However, I'm just going to mention there is the flip side to it. What if like anyone that we've mentioned so far, a Josh Allen, a Luke Falk, a Lamar Jackson, they go out there and they don't have their A to B plus games. Maybe they have a C game to where it's like, oh crap, I was. On the verge, I could have helped play myself higher, but did I just hurt my draft? I I know NFL scouts and people are going to say, Burick, you don't take one game, and one game doesn't ruin the season. But still, it's one of those things where you can look at it and go, if you don't have your A or B-plus games, you have a C game, scouts might look and go, all right, he's showing some of the inconsistencies, some of the weaknesses, as that's the word I should use, the weaknesses that we see in his draft profile or what we're seeing in his film. So it's kind of a double-sided coin. However, we're, like I said, focusing on the positive. Who can, with a good game, play up? Lamar Jackson, I think, I'm right on with you, where I'm hoping he plays well because I want him to play himself into first-round discussion, like end of the first-round discussion. But that, I'll be honest, that's more of a personal thing with me. I'm a Lamar Jackson fan. I want him to do well. That's why I'm hoping he plays himself. The last thing I want to throw in there about the Baker Mayfield before I move on to my um, next double package because they're both the same position is when it comes to Baker, I wonder if he, let's say he does win the national championship, if at the very least he can show a team like, hey, you know what? We like this kid all year because of what he's got. And he's got a champion. He's got a championship mentality. Well, if he's, to lead his team to the championship. Well, if he's able to, let's say, let's say he win is it. able to mm-hmm. win the national championship, or as some people would say, the national trophy. He's able the to national trophy. <laughs> he's he's able to have then beat a very very good, tough, stout Georgia defense. Mm-hmm. 
and then he's going to be going up against either a very good Alabama defense or a very good Clemson defense. So that would, again, show that he's not just a guy who's able to put up points because he's been in the Big 12 and he's mm-hmm. been able to do all those things against lesser defenses, quote-unquote, and and he was able to do it against teams that are not only known for good offense, but just known for good all-around play and good defense. My last two, and this will be my last, and then I'll have you give your last one or two, is I'm saying two because I'm clumping them together. Because right now, running back position, we're going to talk about a guy that is Saquon Barkley. He's the number, like, on our big board, we had him number one. He's the number one running back. But the next two running backs, in my mind, need big games. And it's interesting because Bryce Love, I'm looking at an article right here from um, AJC.com, Bryce Love is not skipping the Alamo Bowl. He's going to play against TCU. So I look at that and go, good. Play yourself into that discussion of a team like, and I look at, I think it was Todd McShay, the Seahawks, I think, in his mock draft. He had him going with Geis from LSU. Just the fact that they could be looking running back. A team late in that first round. Like, hey, I can play myself into that discussion where Low lower 20s, where I mean like 25 on into the second round, it's anyone's game for what you go with because those are the playoff teams that really don't. Yeah, they have needs, but it's like, hey, we can go anywhere because we made the playoffs. We're going to be a playoff team. Let's just BPA it right here. Bryce Love is a guy I think can. He was Heisman discussion, great year this year. To me, the number two right behind Saquon Barkley most of the year, he can play himself, I think, into maybe first round, end of the first round territory. And then the other one, and I'm looking here on 247sports.com, and I don't have a for sure answer if he's going to play or not. Apparently he revealed his decision but hints at NFL choice. But I'm just going to say it anyways. If he plays, I'm going to say Darius Geis is also another one in there that both of them, Geis and Love, could play themselves into if they have good bowl games. Hey, that just adds to the body of work to throw a committee term in there, and they can play their draft stock even higher. I think the biggest one out of those two, if they both, if they did both play, mm-hmm. the biggest one for me is going to be Darius Geis because mm-hmm. he has been a guy who has had an up and down run at LSU with injuries. He has had, he's been very, very good. I mean, I, I still remember when he came in. And for Leonard Fournette, when Leonard Fournette had gotten hurt over at LSU, mm-hmm. he came in and we're like, oh, my gosh, when Leonard Fournette leaves, we're going to be fine. You know, it, it's fine. See you, Leonard. Bye. Thanks for joining us. See you. Hey, 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 Darius. How's it going? I mean, that's kind of how it seemed because guys had some huge 200-yard games, two-plus touchdown games when he was there with, with LSU. But then he got injured, and then he couldn't shake some of those injuries. Mm-hmm. And and those 200-yard yard games seemed to be few and far between. So he would be the one, in my mind, who would help himself the most out of those two running backs, himself and Bryce Love, to show guys, okay, I'm back, I'm good, I'm healthy, I'm ready to go, I can run the football, I can make all the cuts you need me to make, I can catch the football out of the backfield if you need Mm -hmm. me to do that. But for the biggest thing for me with Geis is showing that he's healthy and then consistently staying healthy. You know what's interesting with Geis is I'm flipping through this uh, slideshow article right now in 24-7 Sports. Here's a Twitter conversation that Geis had. First tweet, I'm loyal to my team, not missing a game, I'm fully capable of playing it. Then uh, Michael uh, Kappel tweets at him, Darius putting to bed any thoughts that he would skip the bowl game. 
without tipping his hand on coming back or going pro early. And Geis actually said, actually, my chances are higher staying than leaving. So he's a guy that, yeah, he could leave for the NFL. He doesn't have to, though. I thought that just seeing that is very interesting. And then he said, I'm at, a, I'm at such a happy place in my life. I try so hard to spread my happiness. Well, I'll be honest with you, is that if he did stay, it wouldn't be the worst decision for no. him. It certainly wouldn't because it could get him another season, hopefully a full, mm-hmm. healthy season under his belt. Again, LSU, I think, is a team that's starting to look up a little bit. They had their they had their point, their low point. Earlier this year, they, they lost to Troy. It seemed like everything was mm-hmm. just going to pieces, but then they bounced back, and, man, they've been good since that. And... He has an opportunity there with them to get another year in, to show the NFL teams and NFL scouts that I can stay healthy for a full season. Mm-hmm. I can do even more than what I've been doing, you know, in this in this past year, past year and a half, and I'm going to show it to you. So that could be really interesting if he does stay. And we're cutting a little short on time because with the camera, we only have a half hour. Give us your final. Your final player that needs a big bowl game. My final player would be Cortland Sutton, wide receiver from SMU. I knew you were going to bring him up. And the reason why I think that he would need a big bowl game is he was one of the guys on my big board in the wide Mm -hmm. receiver category, a guy who I think could be really, really good in the NFL. And and a wide receiver that when he gets there, once you get to the red zone, you have certain players that you only are, not only, but that you are strongly targeting. And if you get inside the 20-yard line, mm-hmm. you know it's going to so-and-so. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. I mean, it could be Jimmy Graham. It was That was for the Saints all the time. Not for the Seahawks anymore, but for the, for the Saints. They got their Jimmy Graham. If they're not going to Graham, it's probably because he's not on the field. But I think that Cortland Sutton can be one of those guys. I think he needs to get a little bit better with his hands as a receiver in general, but I think that a, a red zone option, red zone target, he he could be one of those guys who thrives down there. But this could be a game where he shows, hey, you know what, I'm able to to do those things, to make those catches, to go up and get mm-hmm. those balls over cornerbacks. I can do that. So I think that's another uh, thing for him uh, to be able to showcase in a bowl game why I think it'll be important for him to play in this one and then play well. Well, and this is where I want to turn it on to you guys. We've talked about some of our guys. Let us know who you guys think need big bowl games. Who needs, well, not necessarily, I'm going to step back a little bit, either a big bowl game or I'm going to say a solid bowl game performance to help their draft stock. Who are you looking for to play in their bowl game? And you're excited to see what they show in this bowl game when it comes to their NFL draft stock. Let us know what you guys think down below in the comment section. However, Brandon, let's move on into our next topic, and we're going into the NBA draft. And welcome in all our NBA draft fans here on Most Valuable Podcast. Today we are talking about Miles Bridges. And what I, this is the thought I was having today. I was looking at kind of stuff, okay, what's some stuff that we could use to fill up for a topic? I had the two NFL draft topics. I'm like, I want to talk NBA draft. I want to, like, see if there's something out there to talk about. And the one thing I it kept was seeing— taken so well the last time yeah, we and did every, it. Yeah, and everyone loves NBA draft. NBA, NFL, everyone loves draft. We're just going to make this full draft podcast this week. <laughs> but what I was looking at was I'm like, huh, there was a lot of stories I was seeing about Miles Bridges. Like, there was one—there was a mailbag on SI.com where someone wrote into them asking— and the exact question was, which current Michigan State Spartan 
will be drafted first, either Jaron Jackson Jr. or Miles Bridges. Then, I mean, you look at the kind of, it got me thinking like, okay, he could have came out. Last year, I don't remember exactly where Sean had him in his mock drafts before he officially um, committed to, hey, I'm going to stay in school. But in most of the mock drafts, he was around 10-11 is the year. It could have been a top 10 pick. Could have been just outside that top 10. Right now, I'm looking at Tankathon.com's mock draft. They have him at 8. They have Jaron Jackson Jr. at 7. So right now, Tankathon has the younger Jackson over the older Bridges. And that's why for this, I wanted to kind of ask the question for this topic of will will, will staying affect Miles Bridges' draft stock? And really, the question insinuates, is it going to impact it negatively? Because this is where I'm coming from. Let me just get where I'm coming from, and then usually I ask you, let me get where I'm coming from. Here's the thought process I am having. Last year, the main guy that we were talking about from Michigan State was Miles Bridges. He was it. He was the guy, the guy that we were talking about from MSU. This year, although like you look at it and it's like, okay, Miles Bridges does lead the team in scoring, I I look at Miles Bridges' stats this year, except for I want to say his free th- his free throw, free throw percentage, everything when it comes to like points, rebounds, a little bit lower than they were last year. And you look at Jackson, yeah, he's about five points less per game, but he's impacting the team rebounding the ball. I mean, that's what you're going to do when you're a power forward compared to Bridges, who's kind of that 3-4 on Tankathon. He's a 3-4 is what they mention him as. And I just, I can't help thinking, yes, your team is 10-1, and one, but I can't help thinking this year teams looking at it and going, yeah, you know, we could take Bridges, we could take Jackson. We're going to go with the younger Jackson and virtually by him staying and now being compared to being on the same team with Jackson, who he wouldn't be on the team with if he left last year, if by that coincidence, coincidence is that the word I'm looking for, by that stance, if staying is eventually going to be the thing that hurt Miles Bridges' draft stock ever so slightly. Well, Ricky, I want to first start by saying that I do not think that Miles Bridges cares. Mm-hmm. I don't think he cares at all. Whether it, if he's going to be outside of the top 10 this next year, if his draft stock's going to be hurt, if it's going to be better, it doesn't matter to him. Because after that 90-70 to 70 loss in the NCAA tournament last year, and they lost that game again to Kansas, mm-hmm. that... According to Sports Illustrated article, he's sitting in the locker room and he's thinking to himself, I knew I was staying. I knew I was going to get backlash. I knew that there were going to be people coming at me and saying, what's going on with you? Why are you staying? Even his coach, even Tom Izzo says he's a weirdo, a quote weirdo (laughs) for staying. And why is he doing that? Mm -hmm. And reason being is because that is not what it's about to him. It's not about being in college one time. One year and going to the NFL. Excuse me. We were just talking NFL and going to the NBA. The better NFL would be the better one to go to, but Mm -hmm. NBA, I guess. But is is the fact that 
He wants to stay in college because he likes college. He likes what he's found there. He's like the people that he's found there. I know I'm going off into a little bit more Mm -hmm. of something here, but I've, I've got something coming for you is that his mom was even one of the people saying, because she's supposed to have this surgery coming up when he went to the draft what and and well now in his sophomore season he would have been in the NBA making the, that the, NBA the, the, dollar the, dollar the, bill the, the 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 money that he would have had from that NBA contract would have helped her with her surgery would have covered the bills mm-hmm. and she says to him you know what are you going to get if you win a championship there you're going to get a cap and a t-shirt what's Tom Izzo going to get he's going to get millions of dollars his response to her money's the root of all evil I'm not in it for the money so Miles Bridges does not care where he's going to be at when he goes into the NBA. Mm -hmm. And personally, I still think that he will be one of the higher picks, top 10 picks, top 15, because last year the teams that were thinking of taking him, and and, and if there was a team that felt they were maybe going to miss out and they weren't able to get... Miles Bridges, who they really wanted. Mm -hmm. Do you think those teams then turn just a blind eye? All right, well, he stays. You know, we're going to write him off. He's still there. If he's still having Mm -hmm. the same sort of season, which I think he was averaging around 17.5 points last year, he's at, I think, 15.2 this year at at, at this point. According to sports reference, he was at 16.9 last year. Okay, so similar. Yeah. That's... That's not bad. Mm-hmm. That's not bad for, from from last year to this year. It's not a terrible fall off. It's not like he was going at sixteen point now nine, and now he's down to thirteen two. Mm-hmm. He's at fifty. I think, he, like I said, I think he's around fifteen point two. He's still able to do the same types of things he was doing last year. His free throws are still good. There's going to be there's going to be a team out there mm-hmm. that says we couldn't catch him last year. We want to catch him this year. Mm-hmm. They don't just go away because he stays in school. This could help him. But at the end of the day, he doesn't care. Well, and the thing that actually you bring up is free th- free throw shooting. His free throw shooting is the one thing from the stats that I look at and go, wow. Last year, he was averaging about 68% from the line. This year, I mean, yes, he's averaging one less attempt at the line. But he's made almost a 30, like, 22-point jump. He's, he's at, at like 91%. 91.2. Yeah. It's like, it, it. I looked at that, and I saw 68 to 91, and I went, holy shit. However, the thing is, and I mean, there are many factors that could play into this. Because he's averaging around the same amount of threes per game as last year. He's averaging around the same amount of twos that he took last year. However, his percentage for overall... Um, field goals is down about, what, 50 if I'm rounding, and his three-pointers are down from about 38 to 32. The only thing is, and what I'm going to throw in there, is you got to think about how his role might have changed on this team. Just going to say that. Because what did I say? He's a 2-3, what he's listed at on Tankathon. You add in a guy like Jaron Jackson, who's a power forward, if Jackson's on the floor, hey, Miles, we don't need you to play the four. We're not going to have you play the five. You're shorter than Jackson is. That's a joke, by the way. If anyone's seriously like, Ricky, what are you doing? Put him at the five. We're not putting him at the five. That was a joke. However, you're working with a power forward now coming in that you didn't have to work with last year. One, that is also leading the team in boards, which is why I'm looking at as I'm not even worried that you don't have the same amount of rebounds because you have a guy 
who's taking some of those rebounds away from you, if you know what I mean. So I was just going to say the same thing is that his role's a little bit different this year. He's not being called upon to do the same mm-hmm. types of things or the same amount of things that he was yeah. having to do last year. So that makes a big difference. When you have another guy in there, Jackson, who's able to do the things that Miles was doing last year all himself, mm-hmm. that's making a difference. And it, it could be helping him to become a better overall player because now he's doing some things differently than he was last year, and he's helping, I think, probably his team to become just a, you know, a better overall, overall team. So this may not necessarily be something that hurts him. It could be something that helps him for, for the draft. I, I mean, you know, again, personally, I don't think that we're going to see the, him from being you know a top 10, top 11, mm-hmm. and then just spike all the way down. I just don't think we're going to see well, that. I want to add this to kind of the flip side of it. You know how I said earlier how I I wasn't saying for sure that, you know what, this is the Bible, this is going to happen. I wouldn't be shocked if you said at the end of the year, wow, his stock fell a little bit because we're comparing him to another player on his team is no longer the if de facto, even though he's the leading scorer right now on his team. Here's the flip side of it that's very interesting, and this is the kind of last thing I'll bring up, which will lead us into our last discussion for this, is we've talked about, we mentioned in the Trey Young segment last week that this is a draft already dominated by big guys. Like, we're going to be, I feel like in the next few weeks, I know I pitched it to you, we'll probably do it um, within the next few weeks, is we're going to be doing like verses, like I said, Young versus Sexton, or like a DeAndre Ayton versus Marvin Bagley. Like we're going to compare, and there's a lot of big men here. There's Ayton, there's Bagley, there's Bamba. You have even if we go short, you got Robin Williams from Texas A&M, Wendell Carter from Duke. The thing that I'm looking for is I'm like, okay, I see these lot of four and fives. I see. A little bit of twos. We've got Mikhail Bridges from Villanova. He's a 2-3. You've got um, Donishus, who's the overseas guy, who's everyone's like right now in Tankathon. I'm staring at him at the number one pick. But you know what position I don't see a lot of in the top 10? Small forward. And the only small forward ahead of Miles Bridges that I see is Michael Porter Jr. Now, I'm not going out on a limb and saying Miles Bridges should be drafted better than or higher than Michael Porter. But the question I want to throw out there is by not having, because Michael Porter injured for the entire season with his back injury, by not having Michael Porter out there, could that be the flip side? Okay, here's a positive when it comes to Bridges' draft stock because we don't have a Michael Porter to compare him to on the court. We're, like I said, Porter's out for the rest of the season. Yeah, the, everyone's like, this is what we've got from Porter. I'm not saying that Bridges is going to be drafted ahead of him, but without Porter out there, could that help Miles Bridges? Well, I don't think it's going to hurt him. I certainly don't think that's going to happen. I think when, you, when you've when got a guy who's out for an entire rest of the mm-hmm. season and you're playing it, it's really only going to help you. Yeah. So, Again, what I mentioned last week in, in, in the Trey Young too, with there only being you know a couple of guards out mm-hmm. there and available, when those people come at a premium, when those positions come at a premium, when you know that it's it's fully stocked on one side, mm-hmm. and you need someone who's on the other side, you go out there and you grab them as soon as you can, 
because they're there. They're healthy, they're available, they've got talent, you go and you get them. I don't think there's really too much of a discussion then at that point. It's not, well, do we wait? Do we not? No, you go, you get them because you know you need them. So I think that's mm-hmm. going to only be something that could help Bridges if that were to be the case. And it's a great point that you bring up uh, with having you know Porter Jr. being one of the only other guys at the small forward position and then him being out the rest of the season. So that really only can help Miles Bridges' stock in terms of that position. Well, and like if I'm going to take, I'm just going to take the top five small forwards that Tankathon has. Michael Porter's the first one. Then you have Bridges as the second one. Then I'm going to count Mikhail Bridges only because they, they list shooting guard small forward, so I'm still going to count him at three. Then um, Kevin Knox, the small forward from Kentucky, and then you have, uh, I hope I'm saying this international name right, of Musa, who's an international player who's about just maybe just around 19 years old. He's closer to 19 than he is 18. Those are your top five small forwards. And it's going to be interesting as we get closer to the draft. Like, right now, mock drafts aren't the Bible. But, like, Porter's at three Bridges is the next one. He's at eight. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything goes. I mean, Trey Young, a guy we talked about last week. I mentioned he was at 11 last week. Do you want to take a guess at where he is now? He's at six. He's already at six in the You didn't even allow me to guess. I didn't, but I was throwing out there anyways. I guess I should have said yes, I did one too. He's a guy that, I mean, like these things could change each and every week with players. They change each and every day. Any final thoughts you've got on Miles Bridges and his staying in college? Will that hurt or help? Either way, any final thoughts on this stuff? I, I just I think that Miles Bridges is a class act kind mm-hmm. of guy, and I think that that's that's going to be something that that takes you that takes you a, a long ways because we talk about that when we talk about college football and you Josh know, what people do, not just with him, with anybody, mm-hmm. and. They want people on their teams that are leaders. Mm-hmm. Miles Bridges, whatever team he goes to, he will be a leader. Mm-hmm. He will be somebody who you can turn to, who you can look up to, who I think kids will be big fans of when they're looking at teams and they get these new players. There's going to be a lot of Miles Bridges jerseys sold when he becomes an NBA player because he's someone that you can really rally around and that you can really help, I think, Build your team around in terms of a leader. I think someone who could be a vocal leader and someone who in the locker room is helping the other guys and other young guys when they come in. Mm-hmm. I, I think that that's something that is is something that sometimes we forget about. We look at the play and everything like that, which he's got. He's got that. He can play. But, you know, what kind of character are you as well? We've, we've got a lot of that in the NBA. I think it'd be great to add another one to that group. I might be wrong here, but as you were talking, I was just thinking, I'm like, okay, what guys from Michigan State? And I know people are going to bring up, well, Draymond kicked some guys in the nuts in the NBA. Taking that out of it, because I don't think Draymond's a bad guy when it comes down to it. How many Michigan State guys have we had come out of the Tom Izzo Michigan State that aren't bad? Like, they're really good guys. Like I look, Draymond Green was really like a really good kid when he was there. Denzel Washington. These aren't kids that Valentine. Unle- Valentine, yeah, and le- like these aren't kids that unless my 
memory is blanking for some reason, we usually don't get like Michigan State player trouble for this. No, well, I don't think so either. I don't think you're going to because Tom Mizzle's the coach there at Michigan State. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a you know, it's not it's not like you're playing for Rick Patino. I, I think it's it's something where there's values into some of these kids. I look Should at, really I, just take a shot at the Louisville Cardinals. While they're while they're while they're down after losing Rick Pitino, Rick Pitino's a scumbag. <laughs> I mean, he is a sack of garbage. Uh, there's no getting around mm-hmm. that. Um, for any Louisville fan, if you disagree with Trevor. me, please, please, please come on and and uh, debate with me how you think that Rick Pitino's a nice guy. But um, I, I think that you know John Calipari is a is another is mm-hmm. another coach who I like very much because he's. He has values, you know. There's, there's, there's values for the, for I think the guys on on his teams too. He actually cares about his team. He too. does. He cares about his guys, mm-hmm. and 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 I think a lot of the guys would probably say, coach wants to win more than we want to win. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but he's he again. It it kind of starts at the top and what these what's being instilled in these guys. Obviously, to win mm-hmm. and work your tail off and play well. But there's also being a being a man and growing up to be a man and, and what comes along with that. So that's really important. I think Tom Izzo is one of the best at doing it. So that's why when you look at that and you look at a guy like Miles Bridges, he's going to be great for any team. And then the last thing before I kick it off to you guys for what you guys think, the last thing that I was thinking about before I thought of that one was when you were mentioning Miles Bridges' comments earlier, and it was like it, it kind of sounded to me where – We've had the same discussion this draft season so far about Josh Rosen, where it comes down to the question, I think it was Dan Patrick asked it, was, and he was talking about Rosen, he said, if you want to stay in school and you want to deal with the not having, like, a professional, um, because, like, you're an adult then, you got to deal with bills, you got to deal with this, if you want that college lifestyle... Go ahead and stay in school then. If you want that, like the pictures we see of like him in the inflatable pool, having a good time. If you want to continue to do that right now and be that college life, stay in school. Stay in school. And like that's what I was thinking when you were talking about Bridges earlier. I'm like, I'm, it's not a party side of it. It's just of, hey, you know what? A, I want to win a national championship because I want to win it for my team. Two, it might have been, hey, you know what? I love being in college. I don't want to leave yet. And it's just staying in that, I don't want to say mentality, but that atmosphere mm-hmm. and not wanting to leave. It oh, kind of it kind of made me think of Josh Rosen because we've had that discussion about him already. Well, that's, you know, I think that's a, that's a big thing, too, is, again, what I, I am always the one on this mm-hmm. podcast to bring up that, you know, we think expect all these people to be robots and everything and blah, blah, blah. And it's like people. when it's time to go to the go to the NFL, to go to the NBA, all right, boom, go, because it's finally your time. You get to make these millions of mm-hmm. dollars. Well, you know, let's let's forget. I mean, you went to college. I went to college. Probably most of you also went to college out there, too, that are, that are watching this. Lovely time. Absolutely. It's a fun time. Tons fun, of fun. I mean, Fun four and a half years. It, there's so many times people say college is going to be some of the best years of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's because you make new friends. You have new experiences. You try new things. You just have a really, really good time. You're an adult mm-hmm. without having to, for the most part, pay the bills an of, an, of, of an apartment <laughs> if you're living on campus mm-hmm. or pay the bills of... Electricity, this, that, the other thing, everything that goes along with being an actual adult, mm-hmm. you you get to really enjoy some good stuff. So that doesn't change. 
that's no different for any athlete. They are just on a pedestal. They're just on a pedestal on a big stage every Saturday or Wednesday or whatever day of the week they're playing. That's the difference. Other than that, they enjoy going out and having a good time. They enjoy going and, and living the college life. And mm-hmm. it doesn't, again, it doesn't even have to come down to partying. It could just be the fact that you don't have to get up until 10 a.m., 12 in the afternoon on, on a given day because you don't have class until later that day or you don't have class at all. It's, it, it's crazy, but it's true. And, and I think sometimes we forget that they give up that lifestyle because they're, then in the gym all the time. They're working out all the time. Not that they aren't all, all, all ready mm-hmm. when they have the free time, but they've, they're they on a schedule. They miss a flight. They do this. They do that. You know, that could Once. be a, a, a fine or a, a a sitting out or what, mm-hmm. whatever it is. You know, it, it's it's big boy time then. In college, there's a lot of things. Like, of course, you're in the gym. You're working on your craft, but you're also going to class. You're also hanging out in the dorm rooms. I mean, like. What was it? I know it was offseason, but like Joel Berry playing video games when he injured his hand. Like you're actually hanging out playing. I'm not saying like you don't hang out when you're in the NBA, but in the NBA, it's you know what? I've got a lot of free time, but most of that time is going to be spent practicing with the team, working on my craft, working on my jumper, working on this, working on that. And it's basketball basically 24-7, even in the offseason. I mean, it's mostly pickup games in the offseason. But you're still basketball. Basketball is kind of your life once you go out. But I want to turn it on to you guys. What do you guys think? Will will the decision of staying for an extra year this year, is it ultimately going to – how is it going to affect? I'll ask you that. How will it affect Miles Bridges' draft stock? Do you think it will negatively affect? Will it positively affect? What do you guys think? Let us know what you guys do think down below in the comment section. But, Brandon, let's end the podcast. Before we make our picks, this is the last topic we're going into, and we're going back to the NFL draft. I know this is where you like to call home. You you like college basketball, but as soon as we start bringing the NBA into it, Brandon goes, oh, we're back, we're, yeah. ba- we're back in Brandon's home. We're back in the football side. We're back with the NFL draft. And what we're looking at here is Saquon Barkley. And the thing I want to kind of preface this with is – some people might be saying, well, guys, this kind of the topic of could Saquon Barkley fall out of the top 10 kind of sounds like an onside kick topic. However, with this week, spoiler alert, Patrick's going to be on. Actually, when this goes up on YouTube, it's not spoiler. It's only spoiler for our blog talk friends. But with the extra topic from Patrick kind of bumping this, and I was like, you know, we need a topic for the primetime podcast. We can go over it. And the reason why I bring it up is because the mock drafts that um, I almost said Brandon and I, Mark and I, did last week, both of us had Saquon Barkley, I believe, out of the top 10. I know I had him at 11, and I had him going to the New York Jets at the time. And if we look at the order right now on tankathon.com, I'm going to use them again for the NFL. Here's who we got in the top 10 picks. Browns, Giants, Colts, Browns, Niners, Bears, Buccaneers, Bengals, Broncos, and Jets. The only team in that, the only two teams in those 10 that I could see going with Barkley would be the Browns or the Jets. However, I wouldn't be surprised if Saquon Barkley, because of the running back position overall, if 
it's like, wow, he's the best player on big boards, but he's outside the top 10 and falls in the actual draft when we get there. So I also want to say you you skip you skipped mm-hmm. a team where I think he could go and that would be the Giants. Okay, but just because they have they have so many running backs where none yeah. of them work uh, for the most part. But obviously we're not here to say where he's going. Just mm-hmm. could he fall out of the top ten? Yeah. And yes, I do think I could see that happening because if you have let's say you've got three quarterbacks that go within mm-hmm. the top ten. Let's say you have Rosen, you have Darnold, and let's say Allen or somebody else. Somebody else. It Baker, doesn't have to be Baker Allen. Could play it could be in there. it could be any yeah. any any third person. Quarterback X. So there's three. There's mm-hmm. three already. Then for me, let's say, you know, one, maybe two wide receivers go. Mm-hmm. Then let's say that Saquon Barkley is not the top running back. That goes. They want someone who's going to be more, maybe not a a shifty, you know, kind of position. You know, more just you know, solid running back themselves. Not that I don't think that Saquon is, but I'm saying for the sake of this argument yeah. and topic. Then you obviously have defensive players. You've got your Minka Fitzpatrick's. You've got your Chubbs, mm-hmm. your Bradley Chubbs. You've got him up there. Now we're getting into seven, eight. Mm-hmm. So he could. He could fall out of the top 10. I'm not saying by a lot. Some people have him possibly slipping to 16, which is, I think, around where the Lions are. 16, 18. Right now, Tankathon has the Lions at 19. 16, 15, 16 is like Chargers, Packers right Okay. Now. Well, Packers could probably use him too. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is that it's it's very reasonable and logical to think, yeah, he could be outside mm-hmm. of the top 10 if you look at it like that. But... If you then start to, and this is where you kind of do a crossover with the onside kick, yeah. you start to look at the teams that are going to need something like that, mm-hmm. and there are certainly teams up there that need a running back, that need someone who's going to be able to be the type of running back that Saquon Barkley is, and and, and as we've talked about on this show before, is that he's not just a running back. He can the catch guy the can ball catch too. the football. The guy can make the moves. The guy mm-hmm. can go back there and return a kick. He can go back there and return a punt. He can even be in, probably line up in the wild, can't throw the football. This guy is so multidimensional. I think it's hard, hard to see him outside of the top 10. But logical is if you looked at everything and you mm-hmm. looked at everyone else and you, then you looked at team needs to say yes. Yes, he logically could be outside of the top 10. Here's what I'm looking at right now, and this is just me. Last week, of course, the order was different because this week of games did not happen for our mock draft. But like I said, I had him going 11 to the Jets. Right now, you know what's going to be the big thing with Saquon Barkley that shakes everything up is, A, where teams fall. Let's be completely honest. If Jimmy Garoppolo keeps winning games... That Niner pick could be outside the top five. They're at five right now. Let's say the Texans keep losing. Browns could have a higher pick. Let's say the Broncos keep winning. Then they're outside the top ten. What I would say right now is looking at the order on tankathon.com, where I would have him at is 9 through 11. Only because the three teams that are there, Broncos, Jets, Cardinals. However... There are teams that could, like, and that's the thing with Saquon, is his ability 
top 10 worthy. You're damn right. His ability is top five worthy. His ability could be number one overall worthy, in my opinion. However, you got to look at it in the sense of quarterbacks rule the day. We got Rosen. We got Darnold. He ain't going one. He ain't going two. And like you mentioned the Giants earlier, I'll say this is the only thing that would keep him from the Giants is the Giants will probably be feeling trade offers because teams are going to want to pay up for a quarterback if they need one. The the only way I think he stays in the top 10 right now is, like I said, De- if Denver or the Jets took him, if the order was like it is now, he'd be in the top 10. Only way he goes above that, and this is where we're going to bring in the NFL side of it a little bit, is the 49ers. The only reason why I say that is Carlos Hyde. His contract is up at the end of the year. They could decide to say whether, let's say, he wants too much or this or that. Depending on how those talks go, they could say, you know what, buddy? You're gone. We'll just take Saquon. Like, that could happen. So the thing that's going to affect Saquon the most, not just the combine, not just the bowl game, not just this, but... What happens with these teams in the offseason? Well, I think you're 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 absolutely spot on, hundred percent right. And if you're ta- talking that way, you say San Francisco's doing that. Could well, you imagine Jimmy Garoppolo and Saquon Barkley? Well, I think that's a that's oh. a that's certainly a, a dynamic duo right yeah. there. But how about another team mm-hmm. with Indianapolis? You look at them, Andrew Locke, if he comes back, if he ever, ever. comes back from Europe. <laughs> um, but um, I I would say. Yes, obviously, right there, that's a situation in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But Frank Gore, Frank Gore is on his, literally, his last leg. I mean, he is, he's not going to be around much longer. I don't understand what it is with Frank Gore, and this is a personal kind of <laughs> rant right here. When I don't have him on my fantasy team, shocks the world. But once I have him on my, <laughs> I didn't have him on my fantasy team this year, by the way. Once I have him on my fantasy team, either drafted or picked it up, he goes, ah, you know what, I'm on Ricky's team. I don't need to play today. <laughs> and he just becomes a dud. I don't know what it is. Just my Frank Gore soapbox rant is over. I just had to get that off my chest. Well, I'm glad <sighs> you did. I'm sure you'll go to sleep happy tonight. I will. I'll sleep a little better tonight. But that's, a, that, that's another thing. Like you, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. Frank Gore is a guy who's definitely going to be moving on into retirement and off to Canton, I'm sure, sure yeah. very soon. So that's but but then you but then you do look if if Indianapolis if if Andrew Luck is not going to be fully healthy if he'll mm-hmm. ever not be fully healthy they may be going in a different direction they be, may be going quarterback because Jacoby Brissett I don't think it would be the long term solution there so mm-hmm. you always have to be looking as you and Mark talk about all the time what's the team with the fit. You know, they may need running back, but they need wide receiver more. They may need running back, but they may need offensive tackle, mm-hmm. offensive guard, offensive line in general more so that they can get a running back who can then run the ball somewhere. So it's it really gets to be interesting there. Tampa Bay, you know, they're they're another they're another interesting one at, at currently I think around eight. Where you look at them and you wonder. I was just going to bring them up. Doug Doug Martin. He's under contract is, for another three years. I just looked it up. So he's been he's kind of been their go to guy since he's been back from their suspend from his suspension. Jacuz Rogers mm-hmm. filled in for him, filled in admirably for the most part. 
But do they want to do they want to go in a different direction? Mm-hmm. I mean, just because he has three years doesn't necessarily he'll be there for the next three years. They, they could, could trade, trade him. him. Uh, you know, that could be you know part of some some package possibly for another pick. Saquon Barkley could come in and just be a di- more of a dynamic a threat in the backfield and kind of all over the field. But again, they're they're staying inside the top ten. Cincinnati, they don't need one. Chicago does not. Denver could, could not. San Francisco, like you said, uh, probably does. Uh, they they really don't have a very good back backfield situation. It right really now. depends to me what they do with Carlos Hyde. If he comes back, then no. But if he doesn't, then sure. But if he, but I I, I think after after this season though, Carlos Hyde hasn't been all that explosive, especially mm-hmm. in his last couple of games. He hasn't seemed to be all that explosive. Yesterday, he couldn't do anything against the Titans. Cleveland, they need everything under the sun. Um, so it, it really all comes down to what that team truly feels they need right away in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously you got seven rounds, but you know what do you need right now? Well, and here's one thing that I was going to, I was going to pull into this because I'm looking at kind of a two prong thing. First side, the NFL side, just to get it out of the way. I'm going back in mock drafts right now. And if you think about running backs, last year we had Fournette, who was a top five pick. The year before that, in 2016, Zeke, top five pick. Then in 2015 was Todd Gurley. He was 10th overall to the Rams. Then you look at the 2014 draft, which where I'm at right now, the first, and I get that this is different draft class, different players, but it's interesting to go back. You look at that draft class, the first running back was 54th overall in the second round to the Titans. Do you want me to tell you, or do you want me to tell you, have you guessed, he was a Washington running back? Go ahead. Bishop Sankey. Bishop Sankey. Who went right after him? LSU running back Jeremy Hill, and then two after Jeremy Hill, Ohio State running back Carlos Hyde. Those were your first three running backs taken. Now, am I saying that this is going to be like 2014? No. However, when you look at the other three before it, it all depends on, A, where there's a fit, or two, and we talked about two of these guys earlier, and I'm going to bring them back in, Bryce Love and whether he comes out, Darius Geis. What if they're on the minds of teams? And what if, let's say, one of them does go to the Seahawks later on? Just the fact that you have two guys— that are there. Teams that are early on in the top 10 could tell themselves, hey, you know what? We've got an early second going on. Let's not use running back here. Let's go with, because like you mentioned, Minka Fitzpatrick's going to be around. If you're there, he's going to be a top corner you can take. Derwin James will be around. Do you want a top safety? Bradley Chubb, do you want that pass rusher? Quarterback X, whether that's Allen, Mayfield, Jackson, name your quarterback there that goes after Rosen or Darnold. The top 10, I think, is going to be very like, all right, what do we need? And if you feel like these two are going to be there, ah, you know what? Let's not go with Barkley because we'll go somewhere else. And I feel like we can get just as good, not just as good, but I feel like, ah, we can get Bryce Love and he can fit the same hole. As Saquon Barkley. And I think that one of the things you you mentioned in there was with Darius Geis, if mm-hmm. he's coming out. Yeah. 
Is Darius Geis going to come out? Mm-hmm. Is Josh Rosen for sure going to come yep. out? Is Sam Darnold for sure going to come out? Mm-hmm. If they both stay, chaos. Chaos. But if they don't, mm-hmm. then I think we're starting to get to be where we where we believe we are right now. I'm going to say this right now. And maybe this isn't the podcast to make this declaration, but if Rosen and Darnold both said, nah, I'm staying, Baker Mayfield's your number one pick. Baker Mayfield will then be the number one pick. I, that's just what I like. Just hearing you say, because in my mind, I'm like, hey, Cleveland needs a running back. But after watching Deshaun Kaiser le- yesterday, do you really think he's the answer? I even thought I, he was the answer since he stepped into the door. I just, I just, I actually, I was watching, you know, NFL Red Zone yesterday with my dad, and I mm-hmm. looked at my dad and I go, gosh, he stinks. Mm-hmm. He's just not good. I mean, and the, you, I kind of feel like you're a guy who pulls for him just because former Golden Domer, you want him to do well. Well, and because I just, I felt that coming out of college, this guy was going to be good. And mm-hmm. then I thought, you know, going to Cleveland, you're just ruined. But, not only is he just ruined because he's at Cleveland and they they are bad. They're yeah. just bad. But he was he he does he has he has had times. They have had games where they could have won their those games this year. The and Packer game. The that's one of them. The game against the Jets mm-hmm. uh, earlier this season. Uh, I, I possibly one of the Baltimore games. Or no, Pittsburgh. I think it was Pittsburgh earlier this year. Yeah, twenty-one. That was the. I want to say that was. Ooh, was that Kendall Wright who dropped the? He's either Wright or Britt who dropped the ball. Probably Kenny Britt. Yeah, but I think he was the one that dropped the ball. But also, you take a look, and Kaiser has thrown so many interceptions mm-hmm. on crucial drives or crucial plays at crucial moments. Could have beat the Lions and too. He has. He's just. He's just kind of screwed things up for him. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say that it's all on him because it's not. Mm-hmm. But he has made so many poor errors this year. I, they. Everyone is saying they're still looking for a quarterback, including the Cleveland Browns. And so that's where you think Cleveland. If there's an opportunity to go quarterback, and they've got one, they're going quarterback right away because they then have another pick couple of you know just a couple of picks later Mm -hmm. they can go get another person if they'd like offensive defensive whatever it may be so it doesn't have to be you know right away that's but that's also where i think that saquon barkley could still be in the first round because let's say let's say sam darnold's and they go darnold number one let's say uh, saquon barkley's there they go barkley number six i highly doubt they'd be going quarterback and then running back right away but in case they did you could possibly have that happen but honestly ricky i think that you're absolutely right if if rosen and darnold were to both stay in which Mm -hmm. i don't see that happening but if they did again that would just be completely ridiculous i think baker mayfield ends up being your number one pick and for that i hope that doesn't happen because i don't want to see baker ruined like that you don't want to see do you think he'd be ruined ruined as stewie griffin would say by the uh, cleveland browns well you know i i think i think it was bill polian that said that he'd be perfect for the browns i think that he'd be able to to thrive there Mm -hmm. you know just because he's he's a he's a i think he's a good quarterback and i think he'd probably be able to do uh, good wherever he is, but I I guess I think that you know about a number of different quarterbacks, and I mean if Tom Brady went to the Browns right now, I don't necessarily know if Tom Brady would thrive or if his career would be ruined forever. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts, I want to because right now I went to look at Mel Kiper, his positional rankings for these guys. Yeah, 
And one name he's got, and here's his top five. These are just running backs. One, he's got Barkley. Two, he's got Ronald Jones the second from the Trojans. Yes, yes. Then he's got Darius Geis, Bryce Love. But then at five, he's got Damian Harris, Alabama. The funny thing, all five guys, all underclassmen, could stay. Yeah. yeah. If they wanted to, could stay. I don't yeah. see Saquon Barkley staying, but they no. all could stay. No, they could. And and that's that's the crazy thing about this right now is that we're going based off the fact that we assume that they're mm-hmm. all going to come out. And they could, but no one's saying that they definitely are yep. yet, I don't believe. So it's it's really interesting. That's what's going to make this, I think, a really interesting draft class of who all is coming and then who all is going to end up staying in, in the draft. But I, I feel right now we're... We're still going to have ourselves a very, very good quarterback class. We're going to see a lot of these quarterbacks end up coming out, and and we're going to we're going to see an interesting draft. We always do. Last year was a real interesting draft, mm-hmm. but uh, it, it gets you excited for April. That's for sure. Here's what I want to end it with: final thoughts. Going back to the main question of you're holding the gun to your head. Will Saquon Barkley fall out of the top ten? No, he won't. He could. Going back to mm-hmm. it, he could. But I don't see him doing it, okay. especially even more now than I was at the beginning. Looking at all the teams around exactly where they are could mm-hmm. change. But for the most part, you know, Cleveland's going to stay where they are. Yeah. Uh, the Giants are going to be there. Indy, San Francisco, Denver, Cleveland twice, Chicago, Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at all those teams, I'm pretty confident Saquon Barkley will go in, the, in, in that top ten. I'm going to say he will. And the only reason why I say... He will. You know what? I'm going to say he will. The only reason he won't is if the Browns and the Jets take him. Because here's what I'm thinking. Denver, I believe Brock the Cock, cock is going to be their starter the rest of the year because I think Trevor Simeon's out for the rest of the year. Paxton Lynch, he's always injured. Plus, go with Brock the Cock over Paxton Lynch. They're going to win some more games. They could be outside of the top ten. I, You know what? Screw it. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win out. Win out, they're a 6-10 football team. They might be out of the top 10. I feel like all the teams that were like, need a running back, most of them are going to win themselves out of the top 10. So that's why I'm going to say Cleveland or the Jets because I don't think the Jets are going to fall out of the top 10. I think they stay where they are, like 10, 9, maybe fall up to 8. Bengals aren't going anywhere. Bears aren't going anywhere, and especially the Colts and Giants. Giants, I believe they lose one more game in their solidified the top two pick, I believe. Or if they lose and the Colts win, basically they're not going to fall out of the top ten. That's what I'm telling I, you. Again, I know this is more of a uh, the onside kick mm-hmm. uh, type of comment to like make. Like I but said, because New- of what we're doing, go ahead. But the New York Giants, mm-hmm. who would have ever thought yep. they were going to be at the number two overall pick next year? Two and 12. They suck. They're so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it happens every year. And it gets worse every year, too. The kiss of death just claims yeah, a new victim every year. Eli. I almost I tried to. At least he didn't get injured. Thank what, goodness. Last year it was the Cardinals and Carson Palmer. The year before that it was the Colts. They didn't make the playoffs. Like, And what's funny is each, each year it's gotten worse. Eight and eight the first year, about a 13, 14, 15 pick the second year. Now two and twelve, and you fire your coach and your GM. So I don't. Next year could be zero and sixteen if the Browns don't do it first. But let's turn it on to you guys. What do you guys think? 
Will Saquon Barkley fall out of the top 10? Will he be a top 10 pick? What do you guys think? Let us know down below in the comment section. But Brandon, let's end the podcast doing like we always do. And I think that next week is going to be our last pick em. It's going to be our last picks weeks. Oh, tear crying because the last time we'll pick football games because after that, we're only going to have one and we're not going to preview the national championship game. But then we'll have you wait till another video for our picks. But we're making the picks for this week in bowl mania with all the bowl games. And the one thing I have to shout out is for everyone who joined our bowl mania group. Here's the thing. You can still join it. However, if you didn't make your entry beforehand, you'll be behind the eight ball. And our leader right now, with he picked four out of the six games last week correctly, character one, two, three, four, five. So character one, two, three, four, five is leading the Bowl Mania group for the primetime podcast. How many Sean, do we have in the group? We have 11 people. Well, 11 people, including you and I. Not bad. 11 people. So we have about nine other ones, eight other ones. Sean's one of those nine, but character is currently leading. Let's see if we can catch up to him this week, Brandon, as I went three and two this week. The first game we're picking this week, we have the Boko Ratan Bowl, the seven and six Akron Zips going up against the 10 and three Florida Atlantic Owls. Who you got? Gotta go Florida Atlantic. Gotta go with Lane Kiffin. Gotta go and support our boy Lane Kiffin, you know, down there. Our boy Lane. At at Laney. Uh, Yeah, we gotta support him. Uh, Florida Atlantic, actually really, you know, good program this Mm -hmm. this year, and they know how to put some points, and they know how to do some trickery, and they'll be able to do it against Akron. Yeah, I'm gonna... 95% of people picking the Florida Atlantic Owls. I am gonna go ahead and go along with them picking... Florida Atlantic. Then we're going to move on. We've got the DXL Free Skull Bowl. We've got the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, which I will always have a negative spot in my heart for the Bulldogs because the only other time I had seen my fighting Illini in a bowl game was the Zaxby's Heart of Dallas Bowl a couple years ago and Lou Holt's son and the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs ripped my heart out as they stomped all over my fighting Illini. They are going up against SMU. They are at 7-5. and five. Who you got, the Bulldogs or the Mustangs? I'm going to go with the Mustangs of SMU, hoping again that we can see Cortland Sutton in that mm-hmm. one. Hopefully he'll be able to do something, make an impact, and uh, help the Mustangs to a win. I'm going to go with the Mustangs as well, mainly because, like I said, you ripped my heart out. I'm not going to pick you. Although... Mostly underdogs from bowl week number one. So you might want to go with the underdogs. And that's who I'm going to go with in the next one. We've got the, I'm going to screw this up, the Bad Boy Mowers Grasparilia Bowl. Garparilia Bowl? I screwed it up. Whatever. It's a bowl game. You've got the Temple Temple Owls who are the underdog. That is who I'm taking upset special. And we're doing these off of percentages of people picking on bowl mania since i'm looking at my bowl mania sheet reading these games off so because they're 29 percent hitting that upset special button the owls beating the golden panthers who you got are we still going with uh upsets spe- yeah, are, are we still going with our fake buttons yes then i'm gonna go okay. upset as well temple in, in this one i just i have a, a good feeling about it, and they'll probably lose. Feeling. They'll probably lose sixty-three Ooh. to ten. Here's the thing with the upset special, because we're both looking at our bowl mania sheets yeah. 
to remember who we picked with all these bowl games, yeah. our upset specials are going to go off of the percentages. So yeah. because 71% of people are picking the Golden Panthers, Temple would be and the we're upset. Not. <laughs> we're not. We're going against that. And I'm actually going to go upset again in the Bahamas Bowl. This was a good one. I want to say last year this was the one with Western Michigan in it, or two years ago was one of them with Western Michigan. This year, we got UAB, the Blazers, going up against the Bobcats from OHIO. I'm hitting that button going along with 48% of the people picking the Blazers to beat the Bobcats. I'm going to go with the other 52% of people. I'm going to go with Ohio for no other reason than that's just who I picked at the time. All right. Then the next one, we talked about this quarterback earlier in the first segment. We've got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I love this because I love Potatoes, Brandon, they are my favorite food. We've got the Chippewas from Central Michigan going up against Wyoming and the Cowboys and Josh Allen. I'm going with Josh Allen and his 90% recovered shoulder. That's who I'm going with, Wyoming, to beat the Chippewas. Okay, I have to first stop. Potatoes, your favorite food. I love, well, second. Uh, uh, people usually, second uh, I like favorite pizza, burgers. I like ice cream, I like this. You know what, I yeah. would say burgers, however, if you gave me a bowl of mashed potatoes, and just some gravy, I would just eat all of that and be happy. I bet you wouldn't. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> gonna... I, I can't wait to see what the comment section says. Oh, no, I, I definitely cannot wait for that. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Central Michigan in this one. I'm going to go with the Chippewas. Um, Wyoming, again, mm-hmm. Allen, he did not impress me this year. I'm still not impressed with him. I think Central Michigan is able to get this win. Then we're going to pick the Birmingham Bowl on Saturday at 12 o'clock. We've got the Texas Tech Red Raiders going up against Charlie Strong in the South Florida Bulls. I am going with the Bulls. How about you? I'm going Ooh. big upset here. Texas Tech, oh, they know how to score a six and points. Six team. They know how to score points. All right. And I, I think that at Charlie Strong's team has been very good this year in South Florida. But I'm still going to go with the Red Riders. Uh, and then we're going to move on. We're going to look into the Armed Forces Bowl. This one's going to feature Army. They are going to host the San Diego State Aztecs. Army coming off a big win against Navy off of a missed field goal. However, I think they end the season on a poor note. I'm going with the Aztecs to upend the Black Knights in the Armed Forces Bowl. Upset right. again. I'm going with Army. Got to stick with them. They're hot. Then we're going to move on. Dollar General Bowl. Appalachian State, the Mountaineers, going against the Toledo Rockets. This one is just, I'm going to go with Toledo because Appalachian State, I mean, 8-4. and four. This could be one that it's like, oh, Ricky picked Toledo. Just like the Arkansas State mid-Tennessee, we talked mad shit about mid-Tennessee. Like, oh, you're a basketball school and then they go ahead and beat the Arkansas State Red Wolves. This could be the same thing, but I'm picking Toledo. I'm going <laughs> Appalachian State because when you were saying throwing these out to me, I had no idea okay. of their records or anything. I just went Appalachian State. 8-4, Reason being is because I thought of the last time that mm-hmm. someone had played Appalachian State and it actually mattered, and it was Michigan. Okay. And Appalachian State showed up to that game, and this game absolutely does not matter. And Appalachian State should have beat Tennessee last year. Remember that one? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. So I think Appalachian State, they're going to come to play. They're going to win. Then the last one we're picking for this week, the Hawaii Bowl on New Year's Eve. We got the Fresno State Bulldogs, the alumni school of Derek Carr. Then we got the Houston Cougars, where uh, I want to say, didn't Case Keenum come from the Houston Cougars? 
I believe Case Keenum was a Houston Cougar. I am going to go with Fresno State in this one to win the 9-4 and four Bulldogs, upending the 7-4 and four Cougars. <laughs> I'm going to go with Houston, because who cares? Did you just say because who cares? Yes. I'm actually looking up right now. Case Keenum. Did he? I believe he was a Houston graduate. I'm going to look. And yeah, he was Houston. Okay. My memory does serve there me correct. Nice but this job. is where you guys come in. Let me know where you guys think down below who's going to win each of these games. Next week should be the big one. Next well, week's going to be good. Next week's going to be the fun one. Next week is going to be very good because we've got a ton of bowl games. We're basically picking from the 26th all the way to the up until the national championship, but a little bit of house cleaning or housekeeping here at the end. First off, if you like what we're doing here, check out patreon.com backslash most available podcast. It's your way to help support us. Keep the lights on here at the studio. One dollar you get an extra podcast, two dollars you get the video to that podcast, ten dollars you get to be on the show with us each and every month. You are at that level. Also, if you're on iTunes listening right now or you have an iTunes account, Please go ahead and give us a five-star rating. Then do the same for the Onside Kick, the Fast Break, the Rick and Johnny Podcast. And finally, we are selling MVP t-shirts. I don't have mine on right now, but this is right around where the logo would be on that shirt. You can go down to the description, figure out the exact steps on how to get yourself an MVP shirt and show the world how you love most valuable podcast. So I want to thank you guys for either watching today on YouTube or listening to us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or at mostvaluablepodcast.com. I want to thank you guys once again for watching and or listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.